You've had a lot of first-rounders in, in recent years, Mitch Georgiatis, Denver Granger-Barras, Jacob Van Royen, um, just across the last few years um, alone. Uh, looks like you'll have another one in, in Ad Allen. What, what makes him so special? And um, talk us through, um, I guess, your involvement in his year because it's been a remarkable rise, hasn't it? He, he missed that first half of the year with that, that lower back issue and um, you know, played that last game of the, the champs and then just really... That, yeah, that back five or six games, I think he was averaging, you know, 25, 26 yeah. disposals a game, had an unbelievable national combine, um, that 20-metre sprint especially. Um, what's the, the interest been like from you? Is it, um, has it been really, I guess, top-heavy? Uh, yeah, it has. It's, um, it's certainly come really late, especially after the combine. Um, I think just going back to what you first said about, you know, we've had a lot of success early on in the drafts um, and what that comes down to, I think you'll find as you get to towards the end of the year, the kids, you know, the, and Jones has spoken about, you know, and I heard Duke speak to it about the characters involved with some of the players as well. Like you generally find those kids that get picked at the top end of the draft, they're, they're outstanding off the field just as much as they are on the field. And um, that's something that's really important. It's not just the footy that goes into it. And um, and those guys that, you know, we manage have, have got exemplary characters that were picked in those first rounds and, and Ed's no different. Um, he's been spoken about as bulletproof in terms of character and, um, you, you know, his ability to move into state, which is a whole nother topic when it comes to Western Australian and players and, and same for Frio and West Coast drafting Victorian players. So... He's ticked all those boxes, um, and that's, I guess, the other part of it is his footy and um, where that could potentially get to because it's a bit of an unknown because, as you said, he's had a really interrupted year with um, the back stress fractures, and um, he managed to get a bit of, you know, bottom-age footy in, but if you throw in PSA footy, which um, I don't think I'm speaking out of line when I say some clubs would probably rather them be in the Colts system as a, just a stronger competition um, and they get more eyes on them. It's harder to get eyes on them in the PSA. Um, it's not saying they're not going to get a, you know, as good a development. It just means for a, a club recruiter, they can. it's easier for them to sort of evaluate what they've done in a bottom age year. So for someone like Ed, who has been injured the first half of the year, recruiters are going back over his bottom age year trying to get what they can um, and it's a lot harder um, that way. So... For Ed, it was a really challenging time. Um, he's really dedicated, and I think the biggest thing through working with Ed and um, the state program and everyone involved there was to just patience um, and less is more, and you just trust the process that if you, you have to get it right um, because this is obviously his window and his draft year, and, and if he tries to rush it and come back and breaks down again, then he wouldn't be in the position he is. So... Full credit to him. He he bided his time. He he was. Um, it got to a point there where, speaking with Nick Caputi, who's at the state program, um, they were looking at Ed's uh, rehabilitation and gone. There's no more rest will do him any good. You ha at some stage you have to test it out and you have to, you know, get back out there and do that and ramp it up. And and that was probably the most nervous time because he was then didn't know how it was going to react. And he's had all the rest and he's done all the right things and. He started to ramp it up and then he got uh, COVID just before and, and oh, missed no. a game and 
got to the state champs and he was trying to get back for the last two games, but he missed a game because he was six. So then he had his first game back for Claremont Colts was half a game where they just eased him in and then he was thrown straight into the last state game. So and I think there was a buy in there as well yeah, for, for Waffle Colts. So yeah, he didn't have a, a great deal of luck around that, that sort yeah, of three or four weeks. Yeah. So and then he and then he came back and he performed well at the level. Like he didn't shoot the lights out by all means, but he was able to show a little bit about what he could do. Um, his footy IQ and um, you know his running patterns were really important to clubs as well. And and as he went throughout the second half of the years, he he got a bit of consistency up, which was really important for someone who's missed a lot of footy. Um, and then he went to the combine and and blew them away there. That was quite a special time. Um, chatting to a couple of clubs who were there, they were really interested to see how he was going to test. And um, it got to the twenty and. His first run was a 2.85 and they kind of just all looked at each other and said, is the clock broken or is, <laughs> was that a bit of a fluke or anything? And then his second run was a 2.83 and they're like, geez, he's, um, he's backed it up there. And his third one was a 2.81. So he got quicker every run. Far and out. Some were like, well, we want him to go again and see if he can get under 2.8, <laughs> uh, which was an amazing achievement. Um, he's always had those athletic attributes. So he's always competed in your, your short distance events, your 100, 200, 400. So he's always been really gifted and, and done athletics. Um, I guess the hardest thing to notice with Ed in his footy is you watching him play because he he does play a bit on the outside and he does cover a lot of ground that it's it's hard to see that high-end speed Um, and that's probably something that he'll have to work on in the AFL is maintaining high-end speed for longest periods of time throughout games so but for him to show that that he's got that top-end speed really propelled him into that sort of first round calculations and then it was just a matter of how clubs can predict what his footy's going to be and um and go from there. What do you see his range? Obviously, he's been linked to, to West Coast quite a lot. Geelong was another one that's um, that's been linked with him. I think they've got pick seven. Obviously, West Coast, eight and 12 at the moment. Where where do you see his, his range at, at this stage? It feels like he's not going to get past West Coast's second pick at the moment, but obviously... Things can still change between now and Monday. Yeah, they they can always change. There's there's talk of a lot of moves around that sort of early teens um, around their picks. Um, realistically, I think Ed's got a really strong chance of landing in the first round. Um, naturally, there's there's always a chance that they slip through. Um, you know, you hear a lot of different things about players that clubs are in, but. I think most importantly, um, you know, if you, you you go in hoping for the sorry, preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best, you know, he could be there on on night two. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he'll be gone on the first night, but you prepare for that as well. But yeah, there's um, there's a lot of talk about a few picks being moved because those those picks from you know ten onwards, um, they're really evenly spread in terms of the talent. There's a there's a probably a high end group of players at the front end of that draft that have set themselves apart and then it kind of depends every list has got different opinions on it and um, if there's players that clubs rate still there or or they're gone that you might see a few moves a uh, few picks moved and everything but I think uh, yeah he's a really strong chance to get read out in the first round which is exciting.